impeachment talk going on. All 435 members get a chance to talk today, all saying the same things you've heard before. The only interesting, and then the vote later today. I'll, right, I'll, they're I'll, just trying to generate a little videotape for the local news. I'll probably tune in later when they actually do the vote. The vote that happens later today is the one to send it to the Senate. Is he's that a, how this works? He's officially impeached at the point that that vote passes. Yes, they're okay. they're sending the articles to the Senate. You have been impeached. Right. Whatever. And then Whatever. removal or not, Senate will decide. But here's the part I find entertaining. <clears throat> House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is wearing all black on this day <laughs> that the House Democrats plan to impeach oh, President Trump to funny. emphasize that it is, quote, a somber event. You know, as Trump pointed out in his blockbuster letter to Nancy Pelosi, which we'll read part of to you in, in a few minutes, he said, 19 minutes after I was inaugurated, the Washington Post had a story, the push to impeach Trump has begun. 19 minutes after the inauguration, years before anybody knew, the, the drumbeat of we've got to impeach this guy, has been constant. Now, listen, I realize Trump is nutty and unconventional and, and and a dozen other things, but wearing black and saying you're praying for the president, who is buying this S? I don't know. Uh, Nancy Pelosi walked on, onto the House floor today and told Dana Bash of CNN she feels sad and is wearing black to signify that this is a somber event. Oh, for God's sake. You know a national nightmare is upon us. I don't mind politicians lying. Well, of course I do, but I'm used to it. That's such an insult to my intelligence. It really is. And yours and everybody else's. My dog Baxter is insulted by that. It's just so stupid. If you got him removed, I'm supposed to believe he'd be sad. Tears streaming down your face. <laughs> and you're praying for him every day. Lord, please counsel the president and help him make good decisions. You know, I could see her doing that kind of the way you pray that the pilot of the plane makes good decisions, right? She doesn't want nuclear war, but the idea that you're praying for him through the impeachment. Hey, come on. <laughs> come on. Whatever. Yeah. So, listen, uh, we were talking yesterday about the big bum camp in Oakland across from the Home Depot that the New York Times did a video series on, and it's really amazing. We have the link at armstrongandgetty.com. So, what's the, that, hot links, under hot links? Okay. The most dire place on the planet, as the uh, the article described Yeah, it. the guy who's made a career covering refugee camps and the scariest places on Earth said, oh, this is an s-hole. <laughs> Never mind s-hole countries. This is an s-hole parking lot. Uh, we got a number of great comments from from folks. Um, including uh, Brian. Uh, with respect to the Oakland encampment, my neighbor's one of the managers of that Home Depot store. Told me the city fines Home Depot all the time for the garbage that's left on Home Depot's property. Right. That's right. The sanctuary city of Oakland finds the store for things that are the fault of the city. It's your Home property. Depot is not putting the garbage there. It's your property. you got to right. clean it up. In addition, a friend of mine is an Oakland police officer. He explained to me that the city council, generally speaking, won't allow the police to do much of anything about the quote-unquote homeless situation, that most are drug addicts, and that they have their own little world consisting of trading sex for drugs. Oof. He said that that, uh, I didn't see anybody very sexy there. Oof. He said that when he approaches an encampment, he's certain that everything he sees is stolen. All this oh, is fully course. tolerated, effectively encouraged by the city. I would leave in a heartbeat if I could. Every day I'm disgusted knowing my taxes support these brain-dead politicians. Yeah, one of the and worst things is uh, when you drive by these camps, you see so many bicycles. So many freaking kids' bikes get stolen by these scumbags. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely love this note from, uh, let's see, Bobby B. This might be a little long, a bit long and rambling. You know, it's funny. People who say that almost write, almost always write terrific emails. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. They're self-aware. Anyway. Uh, but I wanted to put my two cents in about the two topics your great team addressed on Tuesday. 
and I listened to blah, blah, blah. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head with your analysis that stupid should hurt and being a bummer a junkie should be made so painful in such an undesirable condition to be in that people avoid it. That being said, until I was 10, both my parents were addicted, addicted to methamphetamine. And I mean addicted. It's amazing they made it as long as they did. Luckily for me and my siblings, my father was arrested on New Year's Eve 1996 on a litany of offenses related to the lifestyle he was living. It was just the wake-up call he and my mom needed. Out of fear of, quote, losing her children to CPS, my mom managed to go cold turkey with the help of Narcotics Anonymous and the help of other government institutions. It took my dad a bit longer, but they are both sober to this day, and they never would have been persuaded to clean up their acts and get off the junk if they hadn't stared real loss and hardship in the face. The months following my dad's arrest were no walk in the park either. We were nomads for a time. While my mom took my brother and sister and lived with close friends for a few months, my dad and I wound up in many different homes. This is my first experience of couch surfing, where I carried two backpacks to school, one with my books and school supplies, one with all of my other belongings, because I didn't know if we'd be back to the same house the next day. Wow. That is some lifestyle. Long story short, being punished both by the judicial system and by society for living a negligent and criminal lifestyle saved the lives of my entire family. Sadly, if it weren't for the arrest, I could easily see my siblings and myself going down a very similar path because of the things we saw when we were younger and just took to be normal because we knew no better. Listen, there are aspects. Um, uh, oh, and he thanks us for the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station thing. He was a Navy vet. Fabulous. Oh, it's our, it's our honor, Bobby. Thank you. Um, listen, I, I, as a liberty-loving guy, a small L libertarian, um, there are aspects of the war on drugs that I absolutely do not like. The idea that drugs will ruin your life, so if we catch you with drugs, we're going to ruin your life. Um, it's not fair and it's not good. But it's it's a really kind of beautifully free market, self-limiting thing when people's junkiedom is so obvious, egregious, ugly, neglectful, the rest of it, that they're crapping on the sidewalk, neglecting their children, uh, etc. At that point, because there are externalities, they are ruining other people's lives. We get to step in as a society. But making it in just so easy and cushy to be a junkie now, as all the West Coast cities, the blue cities, the blue states are doing, we are enabling. It's so obvious. But anyway, thanks for the note. That's great. And I'm happy for your family, too. You know, here's a note from Pat in the Hood, just real quickly. When drugs or alcohol took over your life and your family had no choice but to force you out of their home, that would be the beginning of rock bottom that would force you to start turning your life around. Now you just move to a new community that is protected by law, has specific government funding, and is immune from prosecution for minor crimes. The homeless community will continue to grow as long as drugs and alcohol are an issue in society. We don't need the Supreme Court to fix the harm that the Ninth Circuit has caused, although it would help. We need to stop subsidizing addiction and start enforcing the existing laws. And, you know, he makes a good point. If Trump has taught us one thing with his enforcement of immigration laws, the existing laws are typically strong enough if they are diligently enforced. We may not be able to stop people from living on the streets, but we can make it difficult to exist on the streets if we don't buy them needles, don't provide the basic needs that subsidize their addictions, and don't ignore the petty theft and quality of life crimes they commit. Well, Pat, keep in mind that we changed the definition of petty, of petty theft to big-ass big theft. That's considered a minor crime. 
maybe this may make the streets the end of the line again. Force people to make changes their family needs them to make so they can get back on track. Yeah, I think the only way we're going to turn the corner on this whole homeless situation is when everybody on all sides finally recognize it as mostly a drug problem. Right, which it is. Not entirely, but mostly. Well, and you deal with the mostly, and then you would get back to the regular numbers of homeless that we've dealt with forever in a variety right. of ways. And listen, if you want to launch uh, enlightened and, and uh, progressive new programs for the mentally ill or whomever is on the street or the temporarily down and out, whatever, okay, let's talk about that. That's perfect. I'm perfectly willing to have that conversation. I have a feeling it'll go to my tax dollars being squandered. But anyway... But, yeah, can we at least deal with reality first and quit throwing greeting card, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Platitudes? Uh, yeah, platitudes. Great Excellent. word. It's, it's also the platitude. It's an amazing, it has a beak like a duck. Yeah. Poison spikes on its back. It's fur. Perry, the platitude. Where did right. you go? Uh, That's from yeah, Phineas and Fur. Yeah, let's quit throwing platitudes <laughs> around and actually deal with reality. All right, end of rant. Uh, and I got to throw in that the Supreme Court this week made it much harder and that they decided, yeah, it's okay that you make it mandatory that cities come up with a bed for the drug addicts. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Cities just need to get clever. They uh, they need to have, you know, like uh, when your beloved Uncle Harold passes and you always have an empty table at the table or the dinner table, empty chair at the table. You know, you seize that sometimes and institutions will do that. You just gotta have the uh, the empty bed that uh, your town, your municipality. It's always empty. We got but, one more. Yeah, uh, we already. Yeah, one we more. got uh, we got room. We got room here, so we're gonna bust them. That's that's not a bad plan. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, it just happens to be empty all the time. What are you gonna do? So Trump wrote this letter to Nancy Pelosi. That's just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Uh, blasts her. Defends himself. His administration. It's pretty good. We'll read you some of the highlights. Um, may I say this? We got this text regarding Nancy Pelosi wearing uh, black today and praying. May you never have your faith be a target for sarcasm and laughter. Yeah. So don't mess with me. Uh, I can handle it if it is. But thank you for your, your good wishes. The don't mess with me. That that drove me crazy. That day. I'm a Catholic. And, you know, and, the, and the MSNBC all day long were just praising that. Right. From a bunch of godless communists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But at the very least, they're anti-religion. They're anti-religion all day long. Right. In their personal lives and in their news coverage. You know, you're just so proud of Nancy relying on her Catholic faith. Are you? Are you really? I was raised a Catholic too. So if oh, if, if George Bush lectures some uh, had lectured some reporter as a Baptist, I believe people would have mocked him all day long. Or how scary it is that we got a it's a, a theocracy exactly a theocracy in and a platitude. Yeah, whatever, whatever. It's just it's a world we live in. You lying liars. Hypocrisy up to your neck. You can barely breathe. Armstrong and Getty. Senate Democrats believe strongly that the trial must be fair, and it's very important that the American people judge it to be fair. That uh, wasn't what I was thinking of. Eh, we lost it somewhere. I know we had one somewhere. There's a there's a great clip floating around of Schumer from 
98. The last impeachment saying the opposite of what he's saying now. There's lots of those for everybody, by the way. Oh, Lindsey Graham, Nadler. So, yeah. That's what they do. I was just mentioning hypocrisy earlier. And they all have some slight nuances to why. No, this is different. The reason I've changed 180 degrees on it is this. Right. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So the president unleashed this letter to Nancy Pelosi yesterday. And you're hearing some of it on the news. Uh, you know, part of me doesn't even want to talk about uh, politics anymore. But I hear you. It's it's so good. I mean, it is clearly Trump. Trump's fingerprints are all over it. It was written, I suspect, by Stephen Miller, who's very, very verbal and very adamant. Um, and it's it's a blast. It's definitely re- worth reading the whole thing. Can we post it at ArmstrongandGetty.com? Yeah, I, I can send you a PDF if you need, Hanson. It'll take me a minute to find it, but. Um, it it has a a forceful uh defense of what he's done and and the office and stuff like that. Also takes some real personal shots. Um, his opening is: I write to express my strongest and most powerful protest against the partisan impeachment crusade being pursued by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Uh, he goes on, the articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory, interpretation, or jurisprudence. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, no offenses whatsoever. You've cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. Uh, and then he uh, he says they're, they're spitting on the Founding Fathers' legacy, etc. Even worse than offending the Founding Fathers, you're offending Americans of faith by continually saying, I pray for the president, when you know this statement is not true, unless it is meant in a negative sense. It's a terrible thing you were doing, but you will have to live with it. Not I! He mentions the first uh, claim, abuse of power, is a completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. Then he goes into the details on the call with Zelensky. Then he says, and, and I find this argument very, very uh, uh, persuasive. The Zelensky call was problematic. You can make the argument. You know, honest and smart people can disagree on how bad it was. But the second claim, so-called obstruction of Congress, is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected president of the United States for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both parties through our nation's history. Under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. As liberal law professor Jonathan Turley warned when addressing congressional Democrats, I can't emphasize this enough. If you impeach a president, if you make a high crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing. And then he goes on to Trump derangement syndrome. And this was probably my favorite part because I've been trying to compile this myself, but he had his people do it. Speaker Pelosi, you admitted just last week at a public forum that your party's impeachment effort has been going on for, quote, two and a half years, long before you ever heard about a phone call with Ukraine. Nineteen minutes after I took the oath of office, the Washington Post published a story headlined, The Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun. Nineteen minutes. Less than three months after my inauguration, Representative Maxine Waters stated, I'm going to fight every day until he's impeached. House Democrats introduced the first impeachment resolution against me within months of my inauguration for what will be regarded as one of our country's best decisions, the firing of James Comey. See the Inspector General reports. Uh, a ranting and raving Congresswoman, Rashida Tlaib, declared just hours after she was sworn into office, quote, we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the mother effer. 
Representative Al Green said in May, I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. Again, you and your allies said and did all of these things long before you ever heard of President Zelensky or anything related to Ukraine. As you know very well, this impeachment drive has nothing to do with Ukraine or the totally appropriate conversation I had with its president. It only has to do with your attempt to undo the election of 2016 and steal the election of 2020. Uh, by the way, the way I've heard lefty commentators phrasing it is, you know, it's, it's clear that the president's being impeached for a pattern of behavior. This is just the latest example of abuse of power and dishonesty. So that's the way they're spinning. It's another way of saying this alone ain't good enough. But you know what? It's a political process. How about y'all vote? Hey, Sean, if I ask you a question about the Star Wars movie later, where are you prepared to answer it? Uh, as prepared as I will be. I know as much about Star Wars as Hunter Biden knew about Ukrainian oil. Well, that, I know very in, little. In that case, then, yeah, I can answer it, no problem. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Speaker Pelosi, proud to be part of history today at the House impeachment debate. Proud and sad. Meanwhile, the Democrat debate is indeed on, and Joe Biden's in fighting form. And suggestions for our healthy holiday digestion. It's science. Fiber. Coming up. Uh, I need help with that. More fiber. Less Papa John's pizza would probably be a step in the right direction. <laughs> as regular as a Rolex. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. What's the name of this Star Wars movie that's happening tomorrow, Sean? The Rise of Skywalker. And it's or the, the end? fall. What is it? Did he already rise? rise? He rose in the first one. I this saw it. Like this a phoenix or something. How old is he in this one? Because they go forward and then they go back. And uh, well, this is the this is the ninth episode in the nine. Nine. Kind, yeah, this is episode nine. The the original ones uh, with Mark Hamill were four, five, six. The the ones in the middle that everybody hates were one, two, and three. This is seven, eight, and nine. Okay. Um. So in theory, he will be as old as he is in any of these uh, in in the movies, but. Um, yeah. How have reviews been more or less mixed, mixed. to say the to say the least? It, uh, Star Wars is always weird. There's the weird, overexcited internet comments on this movie <laughs> right, that, that right. get way more attention than they I deserve. I saw, I saw somebody I really liked the other day say, "I've watched this trailer twenty times." I thought twenty times for a trailer. Okay, um, so it generates yeah. a lot more internet attention than most other movies, which I think kind of amplifies the complaints uh, up as well. But I am fully prepared to not like this movie, but I, I got to see it. And you're going to watch it instead of the debate, which makes perfectly good sense to me tomorrow night. So what you're saying is the fanboy immediately love of it provokes others to higher levels of viciousness to counter it yes okay. but the, but the early things i'm seeing are well it's a lot of coded language like still processing which i'm taking the meeting nah. is is not very good right. but i'm trying to figure out ways to justify it right. because i love star wars yeah, be, so much yeah. i don't want to say yes. anything yeah. bad about it exactly yeah. i've done that with albums before yeah, sure. i'm still thinking about it maybe on a second watch so are you dressing as chewy or han solo to go to the movie uh, I'm dressing as Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Nancy Pelosi just spoke at the House impeachment hearing, saying it's plain that President Trump violated the Constitution and... It is a matter of fact that the president is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. Hundreds of historians, legal scholars, and formal prosecutors, regardless of party, have stated that the president committed impeachable offenses. I got an idea. Let's have a vote. Since today is a national (laughs) civics lesson, 
though a sad one, I submit these documents for the record and commend them for students to study. Yeah, that, objection, so that, order. that is the good, the good idea Joe had. You should vote on it. You yeah. should see what people think. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who has what opinion. Let's vote. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Democratic debate is going to be going on as scheduled. That'll be... To the delight of no one. That'll be tomorrow, set for Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. But, you know, was threatened for a while due to the presidential hopefuls not wanting to cross that picket line of cafeteria workers. But the workers worked out a last-minute deal. So Bernie's the hot thing in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll pack the crowd with uh, with Bernie fans, but if it's representative of the polls in California. I just like the fact that there's a lunch ladies' union. <laughs> I've got a friend who goes What's to for the, lunch? Who goes to that next. college. Chicken next? <laughs> Yet another beloved yeah. Simpsons memory. <laughs> uh, they did a poll on uh, your opinion of, of socialism and capitalism. Socialism is up to 31% favorable now in the new Fox poll. Capitalism still wins at 57%, you would hope. Yeah. Anyway, got, socialism's 31% to 53%. Um, favorable to unfavorable. 16% can't decide. Anyway, you got seven candidates on deck tomorrow, including, of course, Joe Biden and the presidential hopeful, a 77-year-old former vice president, has just released his medical report, which calls him healthy and vigorous and saying he is, quote, fit to execute the duties of the presidency. Strong like bull. Well, the doctor said it. Because Biden might wrap a chain around his head if he's <laughs> right. anything else. All right, he's but terrified. I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. He's terrified, the poor yeah. doctor. It also states he has an irregular heartbeat for which he doesn't need medication, but he does take a blood thinner to prevent any blood clotting. Tell you what, leave that. Don't take that the morning of your next knife fight, Uncle Joe, with your rusty bent blade. You don't want a blood thinner going. After the straight race, you'd bang him on the oh. curb. Oh, yeah, of course. Never a doctor's office. That is, I know we've worn that out, but that oh, is please. one of the most amazing things yeah. that's ever been said by a presidential candidate. It Not admi- a joke. <laughs> admitting it in kind of a, uh, a humorous way, Nostalgic. like lighthearted. That's it. Right. Admi- uh, talking in lighthearted tones yeah. about knife fights. <laughs> You remember when you used to get the Bazooka Joe the gum and it was so hard and you had to chew yeah. it for a couple minutes? And do you remember when you'd like make your, your straight razor right. rusty and bent so that <laughs> when you gashed your opponent it would infect them and, 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 and it was hard to, for them to heal? It <laughs> makes a difference. Oh, Same tone of voice. If I was ever in a knife fight once in my life, I'd be seeing therapists daily to try to, get to, to, to soldier on. <laughs> I mean, a knife fight is no joke. No, indeed. We had a listener send us pictures of his. Oh, my God. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Well, that's true. And he got out of this this potential knife fight. I mean, it sounds like he was in others. He got out of this potential one by threatening a guy with a big chain. Right. I apologize for that. His apology chain. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, professors at Baylor College of Medicine are offering suggestions for healthy holiday digestion they say we have 10 times more microbes and genes in our bodies and some of those are necessary for good digestion well, let's so, start with my suggestions drink a liquid other than coffee today right don't eat an entire pie no. right? these are things i will do at some point over the christmas break oh by the way those hands and those cookies your wife sent in oh my gosh are those good with a nice hot cup of java 
What kind of cookie is that up there? Uh, it was a cocaine-sprinkled chocolate cookie. Ooh, that would explain my hey. buoyant mood. Yes. That was like chocolate with powdered sugar on it. Oh, there. man. I don't eat before noon, thank God, or I'd be all over those. Anyway, the professors suggest diets including lots of fruits, vegetables, and whole man, you grains. you shut up. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Plus. <laughs> what the hell, Marshall? Plus. This is, this is weak by your standards. Yeah, just because you're retiring. Yeah. One, one more time, Michael. Plus. This might be the last time What's ever. What's the matter we... with you? Eat all fruits Plus. and vegetables is your what? advice? No, this might be the last is... time ever in our entire this Marshall family. And now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. <laughs> this is the added plus that they say there you, you need to pay attention to. Okay. Add nutmeg and cinnamon to your diet. I'll put cinnamon on that, my Cinnabon. That will help promote gut health. Yes, nutmeg on my, uh, my nog. I'm going for the nog. I there think I'm, I'm, I'm folding today. I've been holding out. Oh, I'm nogging that's out. right. Yep. That's good yeah. stuff right there. I'm so. off the oxy. I'm on the nog, man. There you <laughs> go. Anyway, so throw in a lot of nutmeg and cinnamon over the holidays for healthy gut uh, conditions. My kids have never had eggnog. Non-alcoholic really? kind, obviously. So sure. I should make that. They'd be yeah. thrilled by that. Oh, yeah. It's it's an interesting taste. I'm not sure how kid-friendly it is, but uh, I remember being repulsed by yeah. it as a kid. First yeah. time it's I ever a, had it. Yeah. First time I ever had it was awful. Like, you grown-ups are stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> remember the first time you had beer? Yes. Um, yes. Did you like it? Did you like the taste? Love at first sip. Really? really? I thought this is the best thing I've ever had. How old were you? Probably 10, yeah. as 11. A, as a child, my dad would give us sips out of his beer, and I was right. probably 7 or something right. like that. And I thought it was awful. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't think I had another taste again until I don't know when, but uh, the, the next time I had a taste, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I'm a fan of the grape, obviously. Right. Uh, it is a miracle I'm not just a raving alcoholic, because I fell, I mean, they, uh, my dad and my uncles, my grandma's porch, summer uh, afternoons, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, and they'd be, you know, shooting the bull like adult guys do. And as a little boy, it was so cool to be around them and listen to them and the rest of it. And and uh, I'd occasionally ask to try a sip of the beer or whatever. And they'd, they'd let me do it. But I would I would drain like a third of the bottle. Wow. Because I liked it so much. Wow. It was, what was the beer? I think the, I think the yeah. beer I tasted was almost certainly... Warm Schlitz. Couple of different ones. Yeah, I remember uh, as as like a twelve year old at a little league picnic back yeah. when you'd bring beer to these things. They had ice cold old style in uh, the little squat brown bottles that it came in. And again, I I would have drained friendly size, easy to hold. Right, with your little, right exactly. <laughs> your little twelve year old hands, and I just I absolutely I fell in love with it. I loved it yeah. so much. Cold beer, but I don't know, I'm just lucky, I guess. I got a decent sense of this is enough. More than this is a problem. <laughs> a bit of the, I like this enough, I need to make sure this doesn't become a problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. There were a couple of substances I ran into in my life that immediately the flashing red light went off. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you you need to run away now, <laughs> I said to myself. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> So, fruits and berries and nuts and stuff, you say? Yes, indeed. All right. Fiber. See, I know that. I don't do that. I eat pie and children's cereal. Pie's got fruits in it. And, and often nuts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're ahead of the game. <laughs>
Um, the, will you go to the Star Wars movie? I mean, are you, are you that kind of person? Mm, eventually, yeah. I, I got a good buddy of mine who will go multiple times. Really? And, and, and if I say to him, you know, I ought to see that movie in a month when he's already seen it three times, he'll say, let's go today. Hmm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll end up going to it. God, I haven't sat through a whole movie in I don't know how long. Many, many, many years. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I like, except for the crappy ones, and we all know what those are. Um, I've watched the last couple and enjoyed them pretty well. I, I don't get the devotion to it because they're just good at this point. I don't think they're great. Visually, they're amazing. How crappy are the crappy ones? They're just boring. Yeah, they're, they're just boring and hard to follow. A lot of intergalactic parliamentary tax arguing. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. Well, that was a good idea. Overly serious discussion of, you know, they're just, they're boring. Trade treaties of right. galaxies. And, yeah, yeah. The, 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 yes. They, the, they missed the, the mark by quite Samuel a bit. Samuel Jackson in them run. <laughs> don't. Don't even. Oh. They're still in the midst of eight hours they're expecting of... Uh, Speechifying there in the yep. House of Representatives no, before they vote. Stuff. Yep. Is Doug Collins still speaking? What's he? Uh, or is that? That's probably a highlight. No. Well, I guess yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. you're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, they're all saying the same thing. You quote heard unquote, before. So. Highlights. Yeah. Right. Oof. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Granted. Yeah. yeah. Armstrong and Getty. Bells will be ringing. some pushback for his habit of holding closed-door fundraisers for the big donors. Yesterday, uh, we got a few photos of an event held in Napa at the Hall Rutherford Wine Caves, where he had dinner beneath a chandelier decked in 1,500 Swarovski crystals. So in case you were wondering if the wealthy gather in underground bunkers to plot the fate of the working class, yeah. So Buttigieg is getting some crap for that, I guess. Just although if you run for office, you tend to have to uh, hang out at places like that and raise money with rich people. That's kind of the way the whole thing works. Uh, and the rich I would, people have more money is the thing. I would, hate, <laughs> I would hate it and find it grubby and uh, really, really hate it. I couldn't do it, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, uh, he'd get over it. Um, Just stare at the ceiling and think of England. Uh, I, uh, they're giving away stuff in the lunchroom, clearing out. I got a bunch of candy cigarettes for my kids. Is that yes. a good idea or bad? That's idea? great parenting. Some, <laughs> you know, I I smoked candy cigarettes as a kid, and I don't feel in my mind or you any... actually smoked them because no, that's shoot, probably dangerous. Ate them, ate yeah. them. Um, <laughs> pretended to smoke them. Sure, I, me too. I don't think at any point I ever felt any urge whatsoever to smoke real cigarettes because of that. Mm. You don't think one led to the other? I mean, because no, we no. both had a cig or two. Oh in yeah, a day, yeah, yeah. But, but I don't think there's any connection. No, whatsoever. no. They take. I like the taste of candy cigarettes. I can oh, remember. Yeah. The f- they're the- oddly. They're just sweet enough. Um, it's like a nice glass of wine. It's not sugary. It's you know, just a little bit. We ought to play this again, just so the everybody gets it. We want to play this once an hour. Uh, hour, <laughs> because um, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> Quit being an idiot. <laughs> this is. Uh, well, well, this is um, extraordinary. Uh, this is James. What began twenty five? Oh wait, no, that was the. Dang it! Where'd it go? Is it this the one? Is the no, matter with you. It's this one. He's right. I was wrong. I was overconfident in the procedures that the FBI and Justice had built over twenty years. I thought they were robust enough. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. I was overconfident in those. 
In fact, it's not been real hard, as Comey suggests, to get a FISA warrant. The government made 1,081 FISA surveillance requests in 2018. The court rejected only one of them. That's an approval rate of well over 99%. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. Right. And by the way, don't let it pass by you. 1,100 in a year? Comey says it's incredibly hard to get them. And he had too much faith in the, did he say, systems? How about the people, dude? The systems didn't screw up. The people did. They broke the law. And they're your people. And you're left with this choice. Either FBI agents get this wrong regularly, and we should take a look at those 1,100 other FISA applications. And what we find is probably going to terrify us. Or... They only got it wrong with Trump. Neither one of those are good answers. Right. You're either a completely incompetent organization we might have to start completely over <laughs> to try to figure out how to run this. Right. Certainly that aspect of what they do. Yeah. Or you had it in for one politician and were willing to uh, violate constitutional rights. Comey, like liberal media, stated that the IG found that there was no bias, which is utterly dishonest. The aid, or the IG rather said that we could not find um, uh, documentary or testimonial proof of bias. You can't prove a negative. And so, Jimmy, which one is it? Do you just have FBI agents systematically violating the law, or was it bias? So there's another report that comes out. This one we already know has some criminal charges in it. It's being it's a, investigated it's a criminal as investigation. a criminal affair. Right. They, they could end up not charging somebody. But right. it, it, Old Durham might come out and say, you know, it turns out everybody's clean, but thanks for the paycheck. <laughs> and it could be a minor, minor crime. It could be some procedural thing similar to the whole Russia thing with some of Trump's people that doesn't really get to the big question. Yeah, process crimes. But it could also be, you know, we finally get the answers on, why did you take that out of that email? Why didn't you tell him about Carter Page working with the CIA? Why'd you do that? I tell you what. Clapper, Brennan, Comey, chained together, making big rocks into little rocks. It's your vision? On a chain gang, shuffling out of the prison bus, shackles, three of them. Un- unlikely, but uh. you never know. Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. Wouldn't that be fun? There he is pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, look for Positive Sean dresses Baby Yoda in the movie theater. He's so excited. Reminds me of myself when I dressed up for Steel Magnolias. <laughs> With oh Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks. And others. <laughs> Producer Positive Sean with a final thought. Yes, I do enjoy it when culture at large makes it easy for me to lower my expectations going into movies. The tomato meter from Rotten Tomatoes for the new Star Wars movies currently hovering at 57%. Not good. That's Ooh. the green little splatty uh, animation, too, so you know. Ooh, that's a Jar Jar Binksian rating. Yeah. Uh, Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman, final thought. Well, I just wanted to bring this up a little while ago. I announced I brought a new set of tires, and some of my coworkers mocked me, but I will tell you this, with the rain that's been coming down, I am holding to the road and not slipping and sliding. You're like a little kid with new tennis shoes showing your dad how much yep. faster you are. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Whether you're traveling with a partner, friends, family, or stranger, a new survey found that the average American will engage in a staggering 12 arguments or disagreements over the course of holiday travel. (laughs) 12. Look forward to that. It rings about true, doesn't it? (laughs) 
<laughs> some minor, some there are tears. Yeah. Oh, boy. Some long periods of driving while everyone's quiet in the car. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, family, um, uh, they say, uh, well, they say a lot of different things. But, uh, you know, if you're a parent to your kids, uh, you will end up having them as your friends. If you're a friend to your kids, something or other. But uh, one of my best friends in the world is home from college, my little day. And, oh, my God, we're having such a great time. She induced my wife to buy a sparkling Christmas narwhal, for one thing, that's now plugged in and glowing in the family room. And, man, I miss that. I miss the wackiness. (laughs) We're not wacky enough when it's just me and Judy. Bring the wacky. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. I miss the wacky. So many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing she puts her hand over the phone. And goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Armstrong and Getty.